right, all right, we are back. Welcome to Match Point Number Nine, a tennis bets podcast. I am your host, David EJ Berger. I'm very excited to be back. Uh, you can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis on Twitter. If you're listening to us for the first time, that's probably how you found us. So welcome. Uh, with me, as always, is, is my number one tennis talking bro. His name is Derek. Derek, welcome. I am the number one tennis talking bro on under David EJ Berger's wing. Uh, Derek Kunimura, just introduce myself. Uh, just loving tennis, so that's why I'm here. You can uh, find me on Twitter. I got a new handle. It's Furrer versus Nagal. If you thought uh, you heard that wrong and you didn't, it's just the two best goats. Just the, the rivalry between them. It needs to be highlighted on Twitter. All tennis needs to be highlighted at all times. And that's <laughs> why we started this podcast. And um, I would just like to say, you know, we haven't been, uh, you know, frequent in our, <laughs> in our recordings, <laughs> um, but we did start recording over a year ago and, um, and I'm glad we did. And I tell you what, the reason we did was the market needed it and the market has changed and there's a lot more tennis gambling content out there uh, i am happy to see that tennis channel now has a betting podcast which was not around when we thought of doing this which is fine i don't mind i love it i welcome it i mean i think it's fun i mean let's go i mean this is why we this is why we're here this is i, I want the market to grow for sure it's like the the tennis environment is constantly always changing these these players are just so young and they just keep growing and their skill level changes every single week. It doesn't mean that they always get better. Some of these guys that we highlight get even worse. And so it's just good to keep current with this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're back on the mics and we're going to try to be more routine. Uh, we're targeting Wednesdays for recording and uh, a weekly podcast. Uh, daily is going to be a bit much for us. We're both working full time. So, I mean, that's just boring stuff. No one gives one F about, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the truth. So, but we want to be a part of the movement. We want to be a part of growing tennis. It's definitely like on the come up. That's why we were here a year ago. And uh, yeah, on our handle, we give out free plays, you know, not every day, but most days, not mm -hmm. every day, but most days uh, we're seven and five for Monte Carlo right now. We had a great whoop, whoop. Indian Wells. A little bit of a dip when it came to Miami. That was a bit of a transition period, though, for me. I was starting back work, and um, so I didn't get to. I also you blaming it on work. I am blaming it on work. <laughs> I'm also blaming it on lack of confidence. Uh, I, I I nosedived real quick, and then I was like, oh boy, Tilt I don't want to get. I, I didn't want. I didn't want the trolls. Yeah. Did not want the trolls, but you know what? Worst. I mean, I got one today. It was hilarious. I mean, we're up for the week, seven and five. And this guy's two hours after the FAA match with <laughs> Musetti, which uh, I, I I don't know if, I mean, spoiler for later. I'll just say what I have on the show sheet here for, about that match. Musetti takes out FAA. Fuck both these guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice summary. <laughs> um and someone was like good value with the, the with the steaming poop emoji thank you <laughs> i know I, I thank you 32 follower uh reply guy that's a hey, classic just, one 
just because he has only 32 followers doesn't mean he doesn't have a right to have an opinion and sulk that loss. And then I don't know what you did, but hopefully he can make his alimony payments for this month. I, I welcome the, the cranky reply guy. I try to have a good attitude about it. I mean, I love it. Yeah, it's all part of it. It's all part of it. What are you going to do? We, we, well, now we have like uh, a fan tennis or no fraud finder 007. He's like, uh, one of our, he's like one of our guys. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. Me too. He's hilarious. Um, we, 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 we turned, we turned a, a troll into a fan. So, I mean, that's how you do it, I guess. Look but, at us, uh, dude. We're, we're changing lives, man. All right, Derek. Well, I'm excited to talk about tennis because I never get to talk about tennis in my real life. Um, I went to a bar. Actually, I went to a bar uh, about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Sports bar? Uh, well, here's the thing. It was a, uh, what I found out, it was a cocktail bar, mm-hmm. like buried in the back, a high-end cocktail bar buried in the back of a sports bar. What do I walk in and see, though? This place has motherfucking tennis channel on. <laughs> what? I can instantly start geeking out. Uh, I go, we go to the back. I, I bring up, I was like, oh my, I was like, I'm really impressed. You guys have a tennis gym on, you know, that's really impressive stuff. I, I just, want be, just want to let you guys know, it's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You're oh, you guys like tennis? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, the guy was like, um, yeah, I think it was just left on from who was here before. <laughs> person's like i was just about to change this shit i don't even know why it was on he's like you're the only one that's come in here people have left just falling asleep watching and what's funny you know? is uh uh the the guy the bartender guy who did make us a very nice high-end cocktail he was like oh yeah who's that guy uh pass <laughs> no way he said his name right he did he did he did and uh, I was like, yeah. I was like, well, I just watched him go three sets with Wolf. So. <laughs> know who you're talking about? Like, know who you're like, talking about? <laughs> I feel like I'm never going to have a conversation like that with an absolute stranger, ever. <laughs> well, he didn't, he didn't I, know anything about like the, the, uh, the, the match that I just watched like literally hours before that. But he was just like. I know one current tennis player <laughs> like that. That's great. Like I, I seek out these conversations and I feel like I'm just left empty handed every single time I go to a bar and watch tennis. It's usually I'm left empty handed because I can't even watch a single second of tennis at a bar. I've been to bars where I was like, can you put on the tennis channel? And they're like, what channel is it? So then I have to look up what channel it is. Cause I don't direct TV. And then I find out what channel it is. And then they it's two seventeen. Okay, so it's 217. I asked them to put on channel 217 and then they find out they don't even have that. They're not even subscribed to the package that <laughs> requires you to have to watch tennis channels. That's brutal. I mean, I have a I mean, that's brutal. At a sports bar, like a or it was like an Irish pub, which is basically a sports bar. They just Mind have ne- they just have Nesson. <laughs> that's what yeah. they have. <laughs> they got Nesson. Like is it on Nesson? And I'm like, no, it's on the tennis channel. <laughs> tennis is on the tennis channel. Well, what about, I mean, listen, it, it, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I posted it on my other Twitter timeline. I mean, like sports are going to streaming. That's a fact. Like every sports bar is rigged to direct TV from like 2010. 
Mm-hmm. So like, how are they gonna, <laughs> what are they gonna like start having spark TVs that can adjust the new yeah. sporting landscape? I mean, honestly, like you could watch any uh if, if it was the AL, you could watch any match on on a on a TV at a sports bar. Yeah, you could do that. But then yeah, all these like two fifties and five hundreds and one thousands. I'm like, you guys have a tennis TV subscription that you can cast onto the TV this specifically to the one that's in front of me. <laughs> You guys got a fire stick or a, some sort of media box? If you can do that for me, I have a, uh, a login. <laughs> yeah. I got an account. So if you have AirPlay on there, I can grace or I, I'm, I will cast it to it. Listen, I want to watch Sebastian Baez versus <laughs> Tabilo. T- T- yeah, I'm not asking for much here. <laughs> Listen, it might be... Uh, Davis Cup qualifying, Baez versus Laheshka. Yeah, exactly. Like you guys like Chileans. <laughs> like I got the show just for you right now. They're like, no, this this isn't the place for that. Uh, all right, Derek. Well, I unfortunately have to keep it moving because it's getting late here on the West Coast, uh, mm-hmm. which no one cares about. But um, <laughs> Derek, I thought if we're gonna be more routine. And in the middle of a tournament, uh, we should have some evergreen stuff and evergreen content. I mean, the whole point of this show is, and why I'm excited about more shows is to like talk about the ATP. I want to listen to people talking about the ATP. That's what I I want. We're, We're a tennis gambling podcast, but we're also an ATP podcast. So, uh, if you are gambling on tennis it is important to remember check out the other bets if your site offers them don't just like settle for what's on the main slate click on the seventy-five thousand other bets yeah and uh sometimes they are wrong they have yeah. wrong line they're, they're they're they have it flipped uh last year you and i witnessed uh i believe it was a zverev manorino match where they had their set prop set props flipped so it was the Verev plus a set and a half versus Manorino and uh yeah we got paid a pretty penny on that when he won the first set <laughs> <laughs> and um and then over the weekend I had uh a fellow tennis better on on Twitter his name is uh a shout out to at w r s l r he hit me up in, in the open dms and he said hey they have the lines flipped this is on bovada by the way so I should have led with that but they have the lines flipped for the opelka curious match uh yes no for a tiebreak that that prop which is a great prop um, especially in a match with two serve guys um, on, on, you know, listen, I, I, we can get into what us clay really means, but <laughs> it was definitely a service that did not um, seem to, uh, you know, translate to clay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It felt like it was like fast, hard where the dudes like their feel, they just didn't have complete footing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they bought the clay at like Home Depot or something like that. And they're like, let's make a clay tennis court. Yeah. So anyway, well, okay. So then we we smashed the yes at plus 450, which was obviously wrong. 
And then we got a message from Bovada saying they would still honor it. And then we were able to smash the no at plus 300 <laughs> the next day when we got the right odds and uh, make money. So uh, evergreen tip to kick us off here. Make sure you're reading uh, all the lines that are offered on your preferred book because they might offer something that's, I mean, it might be a glitch in the matrix, like straight up. Yeah, despite your local sports bar neglecting tennis, uh, Bovada actually has a good amount of prop bets that you can make on every single match. So take a look at that and keep an eye out and try to snipe some screw-ups that they make on their end. Yeah, I I actually went to bet online. They didn't have... uh, Well, I mean, it's, it's crazy now with the increasing amount of legalized sports betting across the country and we're sitting here in california and we're writing on bovada bet online but bet online didn't offer it so bovada definitely has a a bigger menu so you definitely want to be aware and shop around for different sites that have bigger menus Mm -hmm. in general yeah Uh, one day we'll get the rest of the books that uh, everyone else can get all right Derek. well i also wanted to uh segue us into another i feel like the top part of the show if we're going to be weekly and we're going to be midweek i want to have information that doesn't die within you know because we're going to talk about Monte carlo coming up and that info will die pretty quick so i'm not going to call it evergreen but i'm going to call it uh you know some take some solid takeaway moving forward for the rest of uh, the tennis calendar um and we're going to talk about first quarter of the season which we're we're about that we're hitting clay season now so the the, the you know the early hard courts over there was the golden swing of course too but uh so yeah we got the golden swing out we got the hardcore out and now we're into full clay season before we move into grass and so let's talk about first quarter risers and fallers i want to kick it off here was my first riser in the first quarter and he was rising already before this, but I'm just going to say it. I'm a Taylor Fritz fanatic, our Indian Wells <laughs> champ. Um, the guy is, uh, I mean, I was watching um, tennis channel and you know, it was his coach, Paul Anacone. I, I keep repeating this. It's like, if he just plays Taylor Fritz tennis, he's going to be okay. I, I think I, I feel that way in every match this guy yeah. plays now. Fanatic's a big word he just used right there. You you have texted me more about Taylor Fritz than probably any other player besides Carlos Alcaraz this year. Uh, whether it's about Taylor Fritz or his girlfriend. <laughs> well, his but, girlfriend, um, I, I feel, brings a lot to the table in terms of uh, stabilizing him as a competitive athlete. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be a correlation with that. <laughs> but yeah, Taylor's... It's like, it seems like he was plateauing last year for me, at least. And now he just seems like he's found another level. And it seems like that's where he's plateauing at now. His plateau has gotten higher. Usually you don't see that. You just kind of, uh, obviously, you know what a plateau is. Like some guy like Alex Demonor, I feel like is plateaued for quite a bit now. And he hasn't elevated his game at any sort of point. And Taylor Fritz is like, dude, that guy's just hitting angles that i've just never seen him do before at a very consistent level so i mean this is the best i've seen him play he obviously is the best uh american right now ranking wise 
Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, you can say Brooksby and Corda and whatnot, and like they have potential. Or even you could, I, I'm you talking could like even this toss minute. Opelka in the mix. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, and Opelka's got his own game that he's constantly improving too. But still, Taylor Fritz is above all those guys at this specific moment. And the reason I kind of put him up top here is, uh, and granted, by the time this comes out, he, I mean, he's the top American player. He's the underdog against Sebastian Corda tomorrow here in Monte Carlo. He was the underdog today against Chilich, which was insane. Yeah, was still like, confused by that. <laughs> I mean, they did go three, don't get me wrong. But, uh, I mean, the, I mean, is Chilich a clay god? I don't think so. So, I feel like no one is really buying into... I mean, when he played Kachmanovich in Miami, the guy was like a shell of himself and still almost won the match. Because Kachmanovich, as much as I do think he's improved, I mean, he he makes no bones about not being a dude who does anything that wins matches other than you lose the match against him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think Fritz is a guy like... He's clearly not getting the respect on slates still. And his level is very high, very yeah. high, very, very high. Like um, he's still an underdog against quarter tomorrow. There, if he won tomorrow, I would not be surprised. Yeah. That's kind of head scratching. I get quarter did win today, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, he won against Carlos. So maybe that's where the you're saying it's head scratching that a guy who won in a thousand is an underdog to Sebastian Corda, who has done literally nothing in his career. Uh, Corda, I mean, he he's no. Hey, he won a two fifty. Yeah, he he's not trash by any means. And... No, he's got a good game. I'm not saying he almost beat. Keyword almost beat Rafa. Yeah, he was serving for that match. You know who did beat Rafa? Rafa. Fritz. Oh, uh, Fritz. <laughs> I mean, those were two different Rafas we we're talking about. I agree. Fritz I agree. did stomp I, I, him, and I mean, he w- wasn't having or playing with a fractured rib against Corda. Uh, but it was like, I, I don't think you can compare those two there. Uh, it's I, I, I know, but it, it it is on the um, record, though. Uh, it is <laughs> on the record. It's like you look at the scoreboard; it doesn't say that Rafa had a a fractured rib there. Uh, but tomorrow it's like, yeah, you gotta take Fritz, right? I, I, if it was me, I, and I don't know that I'll put it on, we'll do a free plays board. As I say, uh, most days, not all days. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I will, I, I'm liking the over in that match for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. I definitely am probably going to board the over. Yeah. Like I, uh, I'm not confident that Fritz has got this one in the bag by any means. No, so. not I'm not saying that at all, but I will say like Sebastian Corda is the, this is my whole take on him that no one talks about. He's the unforced care error King. That's how he <laughs> loses to like uh, Dusan Leovich and fucking Acapulco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how he blow. I mean, this guy was blowing. I mean, he, he can't serve it out. No, and you know who was tough as nails? Taylor Mother Puggin Fritz. Fritz, yeah, you're big on Fritz, man. You need Dude, to get he's a, tough, a man. Fritz jersey. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. But he. I mean, it just seems like no one's giving him the respect that he just. He kind of deserves. He kind of deserves yeah. it at this point. Yeah, I was gonna say the odds makers don't really even give him respect. I, just because, like, back to back underdogs, has, he won a thousand yeah. two weeks ago. Uh huh. 
He was like number four right now in the ATP race of Turin. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't get it. Like, Corda's nowhere even near on that thing. So it's just like, ugh, ugh. and I don't know how much clay influences that bet. Well, it's the beauty much. of tennis. I mean, surface and uh, circumstance dictate every match, of course. Um, mm. You can't take everything in a vacuum. But I would just say, like, the, the, the odds makers are not they, – they have no idea how to price Taylor Fritz. Yeah, and Taylor's, like, known for being not a very quick player on his feet, too. And that's why he's good at these sort of things, as a, like, slow courts, as a, like – Indian Wells and possibly even Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo is so slow. So I think it's kind of made for him in a sense. I don't disagree. Let's talk about a guy who is not playing Monte Carlo, but did make an impression over the same time span that Fritz did. And that's Miomir Kachmanovic. The guy's been unbelievable. And you know, he, I want to highlight him too, because this is also a list of guys who I've changed my priors on. I mean, I think it's important as you <laughs> move on in your gambling and or just uh, life that you have to change your priors on people when they make significant changes in their game and have better results. Uh, no one defines that more than uh, this guy. And he had deep runs in the Sunshine Double, routinely cashing as a dog. I think he, I mean, he won as a dog uh, every step of the way in, in both those tournaments almost. I kind of hate watching him because I, I hate <laughs> his game, but he is a great returner and he, he makes you like you literally can't make a mistake because he's just going to make you UE until you lose to him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you said it best. It's like I, I didn't think this guy was good at all last year and I completely wrote this guy off as just being this not very good tennis player and hell my opinion on this guy has changed and that's what you have to do as a tennis better it's like these players constantly change they get a new team and for Kachmanovic in his case like he got in a Blandian on his team last year um seems like it's finally paying dividends he did get him like earlier like in the year I believe it was like February of last year but it takes a little bit of time so for him to change his game and have some sort of effect on that. And apparently he's been serving, I mean, returning a little bit more behind the baseline, uh, causing a little bit more havoc for the servers and making them think a little bit more about what they're going to do against this guy. Uh, but like watching him play against like Carlos at Miami, like he didn't win that match, but dude, he's freaking ripping and like, it made me feel so dumb for betting against him when he played against Bodak Van Dees Angelou at the Indian Wells. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm taking Bodak. Like, minus two and a half games, he's got this. He didn't even come <laughs> close. <laughs> he didn't even come close. To even or winning. when I bet Tommy Paul against him at the AO. Yeah, faded him right there, too. See what happens? And it's like, oh, no. It's like, oh, is this a fluke? And then I'm like sat down and watched him I was like dude it's not a fluke this kid just rips and he's only 22 now so it's like just kind of maybe dumb for me to even write him off so early well dude um if you want to know how much he's risen i believe this guy was sniffing around the 150 mark what in uh elo 
and now he's 32. <laughs> okay. That was like going into the AL. He was in the 150s. Now he's 32. All right. That's a freaking big increase in some advanced stats right there. Yeah. Here's the thing about uh, this guy, too, is like, I think he profiles as a dude who is a a fake clay quarter whose best surface is actually slow, medium, hard. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah, I was hoping he, that he was playing Monte Carlo just so I can catch a glimpse of him. Because he, he did not have a great golden swing. No, he didn't. Okay. No, he lost to... Uh, I'll just... He lost to the next guy I'll talk about twice. Uh... And he, but he did win Kitzbühel. That was like his big ATP win. I think his only ATP win uh, off the uh, the restart. It's like right off of uh, Novak hitting the ball kid, and that when team won the the <laughs> the USO. Mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah, that was um, Kex Kekman Kek, yeah Kekman. That was his title. So he profiles as a as a clay guy, but I think he's actually a hard quarter. So it's something to keep in mind as we move along here in clay season because he's going to get some decent odds, and he might get upended by a true clay quarter. Okay, so I'm looking on Tennis Abstract right now just to check out his percentage on clay versus other surfaces. And he, over his career, yeah, he's 50% on clay, which is roughly pretty much the same as the other um, surfaces. Hardy's just 51% and then grass, 53 But if you want to take a look at only... The last 52 weeks, uh, Clay is at 47% on hard court. He's at 50%. Well, grass, small sample size of only three matches. Yeah, he's at 33%. Yeah, so he's definitely a guy who, who's actually more maybe if he has all of his, you know, tools with him, is an all-surface all guy. So I, I don't think that it's, I mean, percentage-wise, he's, he's lowest on Clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it seems like he doesn't stand out on any surface, but I mean, granted what he did at freaking Miami and and Indian Wells, yeah, I, I'd stick with what you said. Like, I mean, if your whole game is based around returning and letting your opponent cook himself, I feel like uh-huh. that translates to all surfaces. But that said, on on clay, I mean, I, it's just going to be tough because you're going to cook yourself too. <laughs> <laughs> That is part of his game. That's how he wins matches, too. So I, I hope he sticks with that. All right. Well, he lost to this next guy I'm going to talk about, which is uh, who is uh, Francisco Sarundolo. Epic run at the Miami Open into the semis where he got trounced by Rude. But I mean, and he was helped by a center withdrawal. But he did beat Monfils, Opelka, Tiafo. He had a solid golden swing. In which he beat, uh, you know, Kazmanovich twice. He went seven and three. 
Fran, Fran, as the ladies love to call him, uh, he's <laughs> um, the ladies love this guy. He's, I, I mean, he's definitely better than his brother, and he's someone to keep an eye on <laughs> during clay court season coming up because he's going to be in the draw. Yeah, I, he might I'm, be in some quality draws actually. Ooh, yeah, that's a good place to take a swing at him then. Definitely, definitely. But I, I think this guy uh, has figured out his game a bit. I also want, worry of what I was just saying about some of these clay guys who are actually like slow, medium, hard court guys. <laughs> he might fall into that bucket. But um, but I do think he is, you know, he won or made the final in uh, what I say last year. He, he's a clay guy. He knows how to play clay. So, yeah. Yeah, I've seen him rock clay before, and he's a solid guy to go to for that. I did not expect him to start crushing, um, especially at the Miami Open. That guy surprised the hell out of me there. Yeah, but he's definitely a name to like just kind of because I don't, I still don't think he'll get respect from from bookmakers. He didn't like at any step of the way in Miami, so he's someone whose name you want to just keep an eye on a slate and be like, Oh, I got five and a half games, four and a half games, three and a half games with Sarandolo yeah. on clay. I'll take a shot. Yeah. If you don't keep an eye on him, you're probably going to lose a bet against him <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll keep an eye on him. Absolutely. All right, guy. Well, all right, Derek. Well, my last guy who is a riser is someone who I literally tweeted out stinks. Um, but apparently does not stink anymore. And that's, uh, the Ohio state Buckeye JJ Wolf. Uh, this guy, um, went reverse of Samson where he cut his hair off and got stronger. Um, he shaved the mullet and he's, He's been great. So, okay, the reason I, I, I wrote that he stinks was because I was, you know, was I in the Challenger Tour. He won Columbus Challenger in the past, but then he got bounced first round this year. Indoor hard. That's like, I mean, that's like his home court. So I'm like, this guy's like, I mean, can't even win on his home court. So anyway, I, I, I bet against him. And I think I posted him against um, Seppi in the qualies for uh, Acapulco. That was the wrong time to to bet against J.J. Wolf because this guy was in fuego until he wasn't uh, when Tsitsipas just flamed him. But (laughs) he had a solid solid quality run. And then, you know, his coming out party was – which was a lot of controversy <laughs> his match against Senega when he was a, a three-game dog. People didn't understand it. It was blowing minds. Everyone was pushing all their chips in. Uh, Senega minus three against Wolf, and then Wolf wins outright. <laughs> he covers against RBA, Indian Wells, and almost gets to cover uh, in his rematch against against Pass. Um since he pushed him to three and then the stuff kind of beat his ass in the third set. So I, I actually don't think he covered, but, um, but yeah, Wolf, I think this game is real. Um, and 
I don't know that he'll be a factor for like two more months because I <laughs> I watched a video where he said he hadn't practiced on clay in two years. <laughs> yeah, he like right borrowed now. Tommy Paul's shoes. Yeah, and he like uh, is not he's playing the Sarasota Challenger right now, so I don't really even know that he's going to go over there for clay season. But uh, I definitely think that um, he's a name to watch. Even if he, he he sneaks into some of these grass qualities, um, I think speed is the name of the game with him. I know he did well on these like slower surface courts, but um, if anyone who um, watches obviously watches a lot of Top Gun Need for Speed, it's this guy JJ Wolf, and uh, I I think any any surface not clay, he's pretty live moving forward. Yeah, he's a pretty electrifying player to watch. I mean, not like electrifying, like how The Rock says The Rock is electrifying, but at, like watching that Sitsi Poss match where he did that one-handed or left-handed uh, forehand winner. Yeah, was... one of the best, if not the best shot of the year, other than um, Alcaraz's tweener uh, with Sitsi Poss uh, in Miami. Sitsi Poss getting posterized again. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's shown growth for me, for sure. And, but... For me, it's just not enough consistency yet, I guess, to make confident plays on him on a weekly basis. I, I like to see where he has some footing at the beginning of the tournament, too. And you can probably even check to see his footing just in qualities because he's just a low-ranked player and he's got to go through that first. So I'd say check that out. Check out his status first because he's still a young dude, you know? You don't really know where his mind's at. Uh, where his game's at, but like if his confidence is there and you see that in the qualities, yeah, you should jump on him in the first and second round. Yeah, I mean, uh, even like he lost to Indian Wells to RBA and then he had a really good Phoenix Challenger the next week and uh, he lost to Kudla, which kind of poo pooed me from backing him in Miami, but he had a pretty good <laughs> Miami too. Dude, Kudla, I never know which way to go with that guy. He's that baffles me. every which way, but the way you want to bet him. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Kudla, who's not traditionally a winner, uh, <laughs> 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 although he has been winning lately, not to bury the guy. Well, let's talk about first quarter fallers. I mean, no one personifies that for me more than Lorenzo Sunego, who <laughs> just lost today to jara in uh monte carlo um you know he's a clay quarter and uneven golden swing and he stinks on a hard court i mean this guy is this guy's terrible right now yeah this is a guy that we've probably even highlighted for i mean last year you were talking about how you love your italians and then this is what we mean by you got to switch up who you like and don't like uh almost like on a weekly basis and sonego is one guy that you're gonna have to put in the column of dudes that not bet on or guys to bet against you know i mean he clearly stinks like he's not very good I, i'll tell you i'll tell you why he lost to because he lost to kesmanovich twice and i'll tell you why because he you is he's he can't get the ball in the court no and he just goes on strings of losses like it's hard for him to rectify what's wrong and yeah I mean, I, I, he lost the first set to Oscar Ate at the AO uh -huh. before he did round, he did rally and beat the crap out of him in the next three sets. But 
he just was like it was also windy that day so not the best example of how bad he is but man this guy just has been terrible i mean we, we're, we're gonna see a lot of him coming up and he's gonna get decent odds because it's clay season I, mm. I would be fading this guy maybe not the first round because he might play someone that he could just like be good enough to beat but then he's gonna be a favor against someone he's definitely gonna lose to in the, in the rounds to come all right, another guy that I think is a follower, Derek, and this is a big name, and his name is Alexander Zverev. Never heard of him. <laughs> He's losing matches and his marbles out there. <laughs> <laughs> He's lost to Bublik in the final. He lost to Tommy Paul. This is both of those. No, what Tommy Paul was not, but Bublik in the final was before he went ballistic on the ref or the ump. Um, he lost to Tommy Paul at Indian Wells. He lost, to Rude. he lost to Rude, who he was undefeated against, and everyone picked Severev in that match. He was a very, very backed favorite in that match. Yeah. Uh, and just seemed to give no shits in the third. Um he's I I I, I he doesn't really str- he's gonna win a lot of matches, but like okay. Like, center has been pretty bad. Not pretty bad. He's been, like, uneven this year. But he's, like, 17 or 18 and 3. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Medvedev will just go and win 20 matches in a row. I, I really don't get that vibe from Zverev. He's he's going to continually run into roadblock, roadblocks and uh, and lose matches. Like, he might win, like, 9 in a row. But then he'll just lose to someone really random. Yeah, that's Zverev for you. It's like I, I watched him play earlier today. I mean, it's a horrible example because Del Bonus is freaking terrible. Uh, he looked all right, but and he crushed in that first set. But like you're saying, it's just like he just loses to random guys. He loses matches that he should win, and it's like right when you're about to hit that confirmed bet button. Like you're not confident. I'm not confident when I hit that button on that guy. Uh, you never know what he's gonna do. He's got the tools, but it seems like he's caring less and less. I don't know. Well, I think like it, when it comes to uh, slam season, he's gonna get massive, massive odds. Uh, like he's gonna be laying like six games, seven games mm-hmm. against some guys. I mean, he's I, he's not a he's not a slam player. He's no. gonna he's not gonna catch that. So I, I would be backing. Um, I, you know, I talked to someone who pointed out he has diabetes, so it's <laughs> like he's, he's got some real blood sugar problems. Uh, Is that true? Yeah, I think it's true. Hold on, <laughs> Alexander Zverev, diabetes. That's what you're about to Google. Yes, I am. I mean, the guy's only 24 still, you know? It's uh, it's still got room to grow, but it seems like he's just not getting better. And his game's not, like, something that's easy to figure oh, out. Oh, he's trying to deny his diabetes. He's def- Okay, so that means he definitely has diabetes. Okay, yeah, that guy's the king of denying things. I have it on pretty good authority he has diabetes and uh th- that's why he can't play five set tennis uh-huh. i got inside information from his german doctor 
anyway, um, I mean, losing to Bublik in a, in a tournament where he literally, like, prior to that, I forget, it was like Marseille, maybe? Yeah. Um, Zverev had maybe spent, like, um, I think he, like, Avengers movies are longer <laughs> than the <laughs> amount of time he spent on court uh, prior to that final. And then he lost his, to Bublik. Bublik. Yeah. I- yeah, one time I was up very late watching Bublik and Zverev. I think it was like in, I forgot where it was. Um, it was last year. And then I just kept putting more and more money on Zverev as he lost the first set. And then he went down a break and I was like, okay, maybe I'll put more on. Yeah, he didn't even come close to even winning that match. <laughs> I don't know if there's something between him and Bublik and Bublik's just kind of figured him out. But Bublik frustrated the hell out of him real quick, and he was not able to get out of that rut whatsoever. Yeah, and also, too, if if Zverev is playing someone who's really good and younger than him, he's not going to beat him. Yeah, no, I'm with that. I don't know about not going to beat him, but his odds, yeah, should be reduced significantly. Yeah. All right, let's talk. Let's button this up with uh, a trio. I'm going to call them Three Stooges, but this is these are guys who have not done well, and that's uh, Aslan Karatsev, who you know the the the, the clock turned midnight on the Cinderella, um, but he did win. Sin- I don't understand. So he won Sydney, and then like he just stinks now. So I don't really get that. He lost uh, Rune uh, today in Monte Carlo, or yesterday in Monte Carlo. Uh, Shapovalov. I mean, this guy just outside of slam stinks um yeah he doesn't care clearly he cares more about his new pet saving operation um and then in bodic um yeah he stinks um he can't move at the baseline anyone that can move him around the baseline he was a riser and faller mm-hmm. so he's someone who's still going to catch really good odds uh, off of one, I mean, what was his big splash? The USO. Yeah, so he what, took a set off of a uh, Med there. He beat Casper Ruud, I believe, there too. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the the Ruud hardcore narrative, right? I don't know that my yeah, he beat, completely smashed that, but beat Diego in five there, and yeah, and then he crashed out against uh, Medvedev. Yeah, I don't know. He was like on one, so I don't know if he's taking PEDs or. <laughs> I wish he would take them again, especially when he plays Kachmanovich at Indian Wells and at a time machine to go back and give him those PEDs. That would have been nice. At least go three would have been nice. Yeah, ah, come on, man. That was embarrassing. Like Straight sets, dude. Two and a half games. Ah, but I don't know. I already just freaking... Uh, praise Ketchmanovich. So, I, I deserve to lose that one. <laughs> and but like those other two guys, like uh, Karatsev, yeah, he did win an Australian tournament like early in the year. But it looked like, good too. I have to say, I, I watched like almost every one of those matches. It's like, but don't really base, uh, I guess future performances off those early uh, Australian tournaments, especially because a lot of like the big players don't play those. Like even uh, Kokonakis won one of those things. What the hell has that guy done in singles since then? Like nothing. I mean, he's been okay. 
He's been okay, just, but for whatever reason, he gets to play Corda a lot. Who I mean, I will, I will literally put my mortgage on Corda <laughs> versus him. Yeah, um, but at the same time, it's not like that guy seems like a dude that's won a, a tournament recently. You know, no, he's but, a serve dude who can kind of move around. Yeah, he can return to. Um, I guess he was terrible in Los Cabos when I watched him. I see. He's not very good. Yeah. And All right, then, Derek. Yeah. So, yeah, let's keep moving. Let's keep it moving. Let's talk about ATP Monte Carlo. I love this tournament. I mean, one of the most beautiful locations on tour. Sea level right next to the ocean. Get those, you know, escape the day looking at the TV type of views because this place just looks like so beautiful to go to. Although yeah. it is like it starts at 2 a.m. our time, which blows, but whatever. Yeah, you can take a yacht to your freaking match if you're yeah. Djokovic or something. It's a it's a really dope tournament. I love it. Um, I mean, obviously the headline here is the big guns are out, and that was going to be the headline quarterfinal, which is uh, Novak Djokovic versus uh, Carlitos Alcaraz. I was Both very those... looking forward to that, by the way. <laughs> Ugh, crash Both and burn those guys real quick. Decided they did not want to play past one. Uh, round um, handed their exits. Uh, Fokina, Davidovich Fokina had a Novak his uh, exit slip in three sets. And uh, Carlitos, I believe, went down in three sets to Corda today. Uh, I mean, I kind of get both in a way. Um, I understand Novak hasn't played a lot, but then again, too, this is a guy who's notorious for his fitness. So I don't know why he would be unfit in like one like match yeah. <laughs> against a dude who's literally like mentally like the worst. <laughs> um, a hundred percent. Yeah. But you know, I mean, he is Spanish and it is clay and you know what though, too, these guys play a lot. Um, they are sparring partners, I believe. So maybe there was um, something that Fokina had kind of ID'd in Novak's game that he could he could kind of take advantage of. I don't know. Um, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but Novak probably just resting on his laurels a bit that I'll just like suddenly be the player I was. But then again, too, you know, these – you know the, the the big three. They the their whole goal is to slam. So I'm sure Novak. He he's a little bummed he lost, but he also probably doesn't give one fuck. Okay, so Novak's two and two so far this year. That blows my mind. Yeah, and his losses coming to what that Beasley did. And yeah, that was terrible. So that was embarrassing. And then he freaking lost to the mental case and i would say this is an embarrassing loss people aren't don't really couch it as that but this is a bad loss for novak for sure like to see novak win that final point in the tie break in the second set and his reaction was like puts his ear out to hear the crowd and stuff like that i was like that's an obnoxious reaction for winning a set against Davidovich Fukita. And I was like, you're the best tennis player in the freaking world, and you do that against this dude? Not that showboating's bad or anything like that, but I'm like, that's just a little too much for Davidovich Fukita. And, and I'm not trying to write this guy off by any means, uh, Djokovic, that is. like, Of course he's, not. He's 2-2, two and, two and it's like, you still can't look at that and 
make a prediction that he's going to be 50% for the year. Hell no. So, yeah, maybe just looking to win slams only. That's his focus. But still, it's like even if that's your focus, you still should be freaking winning these matches. I mean, this is a bad loss. Bad. Pretty bad. Very bad. Especially at Monte Carlo. Doesn't he live up the street? Yeah. It's like J.J. Wolf freaking losing. (laughs) Losing in Columbus? Columbus, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't disagree. It's terrible. And then Alcaraz losing to Corda. I mean, Corda almost had Nadal on the ropes. It's not like the worst loss there is, especially coming off Miami, I'm sure. His focus wasn't completely there, but you had a pretty good take, I, I feel, about um and, and and Kale Hammond, who you know, a friend of the pod, he also you know projects Alcaraz as being one of these kids who's like you know maybe profiles as a click quarter, but really maybe best suited on slow hard. Yeah, so I mean, I automatically thought that Carlitos was just a clay guy, specifically. Because it was just limited in knowledge of just seeing him play and me just thinking, oh, he's from Spain. He should be a clay guy. And it's just like Rafa's not even really specifically a clay guy. Rafa rips on hardcore. And um, but just watching him play against Corda, he's it was like you weren't watching the typical Carlos that we saw in the Sunshine double. It's like you saw him there just running at every single ball, catching or tracking every single one of those down. And then now it's like he has a different set of feet under him, maybe because he just has less traction. Um, Seems like he was kind of either running, like the way that he was like generating momentum, it was like his feet were slipping out from under him, probably because of the the court and everything like that. It's just like, uh, Corda was able to pick him off. Like he was able to see which way he was going and he was, it was uh it was very interesting to watch and then he could even hit winners past him and like how many times did you even see winners go past carlos at the sunshine doubles very well, very rare i would give uh hubie her cash a little cred he had he had some winners in in, in their match even though he did lose his trades mm-hmm. like it seemed very very consistent with corda and i was just like dang dude this doesn't happen against this kid like this kid usually tracks down every single ball and quarter was just kind of, no, yeah, he gets his racket on stuff. That's his whole thing. So yeah, it's, I, 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 I um, you know, I, I, I think that Carlitos will be fine, but it, I am a little mad at myself for not, you know, everyone else bakes into all these other narratives so much into every match about like travel and fatigue and you know like uh, age and you know so i just it i kind of anointed carlitos as uh as a god (laughs) yeah (laughs) god mode i want i I wanted to back him 2-0 in this Uh to beat corda but um I mean, there's a reason that people factor all those other things in. And I, I, I think that was a bit of a blind spot when it came to this kid, just because he had been so good. And I mean, the transition, the surface, the whirlwind he's been on, I mean, at least taken, I mean, I think Corda was like four and a half game dog. I mean, Corda with the games was like easy money. And like, it's one thing for him to win outright, but like, that was a good spot to take all the games you were getting. 
Yeah, I mean, you probably could have been hesitant on taking Corda even four and a half games after fucking Carlos just pooped on him at the next gen final. And that's then, true. Like, but that was match- fast hard court. Exactly. Here's the thing, though, too, is like in the golden swing, even though like he did win Rio, um, Alcaraz was caught. I mean, like his whole thing is he coughs up UEs. I mean, on clay because he just, you know, yeah. Uh, that's when the worst comes out for him. So, and he almost blew it in the last service game too. Like he had this, this overhead, and he just had to get it in, <laughs> and then he missed it. And he was just like, he just said "fuck me" right afterwards. It was pretty great, but yeah, he he actually served it out. Um, well, let's transition over to. I want to talk about the over unders here a bit. Um in frame it in the three set matches. So just so people kind of know what's, what's happening here. So today, which was Wednesday at Monte Carlo, five of 12 matches went to three sets yesterday and Tuesday, six of 12 went. And then on Monday it was seven of 11 and Sunday, only one of the four main draws. So you had a bit of a, a little steam with seven and six hitting the, the, the first two days, but it doesn't really seem like this clay court is providing a lot of over opportunity, like in terms of three sets. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I didn't really go back and look at the math in terms of overs um, and, and the two set finishes, but just to get to three sets, it's, I'm a little surprised that the numbers aren't a little bit higher when it comes to that. Yeah. It seems like it's sitting roughly or just a little bit above 50% each day. Uh, yeah, you would think that this slow court would kind of even the playing field for these guys a little bit, but I don't know. It's maybe because it's the first clay event for a lot of these guys of this season, so they're still trying to figure things out. Um, yeah. You have had oh, some I, retires factoring in a little bit, but I, I am a little bit surprised that the number isn't higher. So, you know, the, you know you're looking for the overplays in clay, I think, because, you know, it's a little easier to break because – of the surface, but they, they haven't been coming in cash and uh, as you would like so far. No. Yeah. I haven't been particularly playing any over, so it just didn't seems like a hard thing to lean on. So yeah. Looking at games instead. All right, Derek. And then a couple just quick ones here. Uh, David Goffin, he stays hot off Marrakesh. He killed mm-hmm. my Evans play today. Yeah. Um, I know there's another a great podcast out there, Tidbits Tennis. He pointed out how much Guffin played uh, in, in Marrakesh on his podcast. I, it was quite a lot. So now he's playing even more. And, you know, I, I, I he just doesn't seem to be bothering him. And, I mean, I backed Evans because he hit a peak ELO last year. I mean, his peak ELO was at this tournament last year, Dan Evans. Uh-huh. He got it on testabstract.com. So, I mean, I, I was playing the fatigue factor and then Evans just, you know, finding these courts friendly didn't matter. He lost in straights. So um, whatever Guffin's got going for him, you know, it, it seems to be working for him. And then uh, Ramos cashes as, as a dog against Nori. Um, s- surprising to me, although... He is a clay warrior. Like that, that Ramos beating Nori to me is like uh, such a good, such a good reminder that these clay dudes matter. 
like don't forget who's the clay dude and who is not the clay dude uh-huh i'm with you on that it seems like nori should have just crushed him and then albert ramos mignolas just comes in he was like dude you're on on my style like dude yeah you know uh yeah uh, even with gofan though let me go back to him real quick like he's a dude that just kind of runs around forever until the point ends and for him to win marrakesh and then come here and still keep uh running around with some gas in this tank like he, i i can't like imagine me taking him personally just because i feel like that's gotta just drain at some point right i mean you would think but you know i it's yeah, you would think, and he's kind of old at this point. I, I, I personally feel like fatigue is maybe the most overrated thing to factor into handicap. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like going back to Fritz that we talked about. Even I'll, I'll throw fatigue slash injury. You know, I really wanted to back him against Nadal on Indumos Championship Day, but then all that stuff came out about his injury. Then he goes out, and then granted, Rafa had an injury who was not really reported yeah at the same time fritz moved fine it was like totally fucking underrated so yeah i don't know i find it i find it hard to factor in the fatigue you know i feel like that's really hit or miss i feel like injuries are really hit or miss it's tough yeah it is tough i felt like that was a whole ruse with fritz pretending he couldn't even practice and then he comes out looking like nothing was wrong and the script flipped on the injuries right there so that was that was a fun loss for me. Great, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's tennis for you. Yeah, and then uh, of course we had Musetti uh, taking out FAA. I of course backed FAA money line, which was dumb. I, I even knew it was dumb this morning when I woke up. I was very dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only does he struggle early in tournaments, he's not the the best clay quarter. But I mean, Musetti is. I mean, he lost to Poprin. Like in Miami, <laughs> he lost to Jera and Straits like last week. Like uh-huh. he lost to set the pair. He's uh-huh. not like the fucking. Green. I was like, surely I was just expecting some positive variance coming FAA's way. Uh-huh. But of course, Musetti plays like fucking full god mode and takes him out in Straits. Yeah, it's like you don't really know which way Musetti's gonna go. Oh, he's got the tools, especially on clay. And then just sometimes he just doesn't use them. And I, I mean, I can't dog on you for taking Felix there. Felix, that dude can boss. Um, and he should have won, probably. Um, I get it's clay, and I get that Musetti. He has a higher clay elo than fucking. He does? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. So that's just an upset. I mean, you can't be fucking pissed about that by any means. That sucks. But L's are going to come, you know? Dude, I'm just saying, like, I saw someone tweet out that Musetti is on a roll. Like, how in the fuck is Musetti <laughs> on a roll? Oh, yeah. I don't know. That person doesn't know either. I think they're just reporting news at that Give point. Give me a fucking break. This guy just lost his share on straights. <laughs> yeah, you didn't make the wrong move there. Yeah, that's a that's a bad beat. All right, Jack. Well, let's round to the finish with the remaining draw. We have the tale of two halves here. Uh, the bottom, it looks like Tsitsipas to lose, but man, could he lose? His bottom half is stacked. He's got Rublev, Zverev, 
center all sitting in that half. The other side, though, let's just pencil Rude in. Um, he's just such a great spot to reach the final. I mean, he'll, he's going to crush Dimitrov. And then he's got QB or Ramos. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean. Oh, Rude's so boring. I'm with Nick Kyrgios on that one. God, that guy bores the hell out of me. <laughs> but going back to Paws, dude, that guy looked so good the other day. I was like, damn, this guy is crushing. Like, Clay really is his surface. And then if you really want to look at like Rublez, Verev, Sinner, he doesn't have to go through even two of those guys. Like that's Verev, Sinner, Rublev uh, quarter. That That's a rough gauntlet that these guys are going to have to freaking duke out. So um, good for Poss is that he's going to have to only play one of those dudes after um, they just fucking tear each other's heads off. So I don't know. I'm still with Sitsi Pasta to win this whole thing. Hey, I, I I'm on that tr- the same track. Um, I, yeah, I, it's gonna be tough for someone to beat him. Uh, you know, people were hot on Fonini to like take a set off of him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, great. <laughs> great analysis, <laughs> people. Uh, I'm sorry utterly, uh, if I'm la- offending uh, you, but that's just bad. Utterly laughable. <laughs> yes, we we're both laughing at you guys, but I think you guys are. I mean, I'm, wrong, I'm wrong plenty too, but that was a, a situation in which people were just off the rocker. Uh huh. So I mean, yeah, he's obviously the best clay court player um, on tour probably right now, other than like Nadal, obviously, um, who's not playing. I'm saying, I guess, I mean, in the field, rather. Um. You know, you have the clay court specialist, but this guy's, I mean, he literally was like, <laughs> he should have won the French Open. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was only up two sets. <laughs> yeah. So, and he won a bunch of clay titles on the way to there, too. So, mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I really don't see this guy losing. No, not this. I mean, I can see him losing the French. I, for some reason, have this thing in my head that I think that Tsitsipas is going to find a way to never win a slam, even the French Open. I feel like somebody's going to figure or somebody's going to come up and beat him. I thought it was going to be Carlos, but after watching him against Corda, I'm like, I don't know. Not not now, at least. Yeah, I mean, I guess... <laughs> the, the, the top... I mean, if he survive, I'll say this. If he survives the bottom half of the bracket, he's not losing to anyone from the top of the bracket. No, definitely not. Like I think Sinner's better than like uh like Casper Rude, I guess. I don't know. I mean Rude is really good, but I don't think he's gonna beat CC Pass on I I mean I just don't. Yeah, I mean Rude rips at clay two fifties while everyone's playing somewhere else. <laughs> Well, he his thing is beating guys he's supposed to beat. Uh huh. That, that's his thing. The top guys. Uh huh. Oh, that guy bores the hell. But out he did beat Zverev in, in Miami. He did. He did. He also but then lost. he did lose to Alcaraz. <laughs> he's lost to Bodic. <laughs> like what the hell? Like we already ripped on Bodic, and yeah, Casper Ruud lost to him at the U.S. Open. But yeah, different surface now. But we'll find out what happens. 
All right, Derek. Well, I feel like this was a good lively chat. Uh, let's keep these going. Um, again, you can find our, our Twitter at MP9Tennis. And uh, we will have free plays. I should do one right now, actually, probably, Derek. Um, and, um, yeah, anything else you want to say? No, just check out our Twitter. Keep it vocal on there. And uh, let's have a good time. Absolutely. And uh, until next time. See you on the court.